Lauren Hubelay here, along with my faithful co-hosts, Megan Limp and Cameron Scott. In this special episode, we'll address a question from a listener in Romania. Why am I not able to ease myself out of a deep dorsal state, even when I'm surrounded by those who I know love me and help me feel safe? Cameron and Megan, this, this question feels very pertinent for this time period as we go into holidays. We're, we're also going into stricter lockdowns where people will be um, sequestered and also a darker time of year um, just in the daylight. And I think this is important for all of our listeners, whether is there a place on the autonomic ladder that we can't ease ourselves out of? And what are some things that we might be able to do? So I'll open it up to you and hear what you have to say. Cameron? It is one of those really wonderful questions. So I thank your, your um, questioning person in Romania. It's one of those wonderful paradoxes. Her question is, is how can we ease ourselves out of that dorsal vagal place, even if surrounded by lots of cues for safety and, and people around us. And understanding that and really wondering what that's all about cannot actually be answered until our listener can rejoin enough ventral vagal energy. So it's one of those moments that if we have enough awareness to know that we fully entered that place of conservation, biologic imperative conservation, the best we can do is to notice it, name it, and that's where we begin to find, whether it's within us or around us, and in this case, maybe not always around us, that understanding that we will make find those enough cues for safety and organization of safety to begin to allow our system to come back up the ladder. And allow is very interesting because it, it platforms, even your, your, your questioning person says, how can I bring myself back? Mm. In fact, we can't bring ourselves back. And that might even, and that's part of that wonderful paradox, her system might be coming up already because if there's the least bit of struggle, it could suggest her system's coming up into a little bit of that sympathetic energy. Mm. And then it, it, it's not having enough cues of safety and not having enough cues of organization to continue the journey back up to enough ventral vagal that then we can, we can begin that question of what just happened? You know, what cue did my system neurocept? what took me there and what ultimately with the ventral vagal lens, you know, I could know for another time. Cameron, I think that's really beautiful when you talk about um, us being around people that we're safe with and co-regulation. And then we also talk about strategies for self-regulation when we're down in energy conservation mode and we're in dorsal and we rise up through sympathetic, 
There also, I think, can be times where as we rise up into sympathetic, that in and of itself somehow triggers, it is triggering a cue of danger for us. And so we drop immediately back down. Is that something that you see and experience? Absolutely. I, I did some consultation earlier today with someone who was very much in that dorsal vagal place. And as I even offered a little bit of co-regulation, his system started to come back up. And, and boy, did I notice that sympathetic, you know, polyvagal theory and I were about to be all thrown out of the room. And it's simply because there wasn't enough cues in his system at that moment to allow that journey back up. It was triggering. Hmm. Also, you know, the, the phrasing of the question, I think, is quite beautiful and interesting because it, as you talked about allowing, which is very reminiscent of another term we've been using on this podcast, which is the being with energy. If this person is trying to sort of grab themselves by the hand and bring them back up, even though there's a desire to rise out of dorsal and access some ventral and mobilize, sometimes our internal monologue of how come this isn't working, why am I still stuck? I'm still feeling very flat. I really love this person that I'm with. How come this co-regulation isn't happening? Sometimes our internal monologue, I think, overpowers us being able to co-regulate and sort of takes over and is we get ourselves in a loop of feeling threatened. Very much so. And it, it's a lovely, your example suggests how my consultation earlier resolves itself because that being with energy allowed this person to create those self-regulating invitations and cues for safety while passing through that, you know, sensitive and, and often mobilized place. And that allowed that his system to rise back up into regulation and wonderful experience and perspective. But there was a moment there where the, he needed to find that just the toehold of being with energy. It was the missing element in, in assisting his system. You know, listening to both of you speak about this being with energy, I, I've always seen this as, you know, that is the someone else, but not that we give ourselves that being with energy. And that's what I'm picking up from what both of you are saying that perhaps this listener um, is is being relatively harsh and, and, and pushing, you know, how, how can I move myself right there, right? We're trying to move out rather than taking that time to be. Isn't that really about trusting the process and trusting that our nervous system can really transform that um, for us once we notice and name it? Absolutely, Lauren. And I have such a tender-hearted place for realizing many of us who had um, difficult upbringings and ways that our system was challenged not to perceive co-regulation as necessarily safe and welcoming. And therefore we really didn't learn that self-regulation. And so passing up through sympathetic is often where we, we just adapted survival responses 
that didn't allow us that full palette of knowing that experience, either of self-regulation or of co-regulation. And it, it's one of those things that you can't tell a person, trust me, just, just know your system's gonna do it for you until we've had that experience of really witnessing how much that our autonomic nervous system can be, in fact, our ally. Does it really make any difference? And that's why so often we, whether through all of your work and mine, we, we seek to have people come into that earned trust that their autonomic nervous system can really be that, that ally, not that enemy. This is reminding me of a word, and that word is should, right? I think a lot of us are raised in environments where trusting our own process or what our body is saying or what our emotions are telling us isn't something that we're raised to do. And often there are voices in our early life that tells us we should feel differently or, you know, it's time to get out of dorsal. And when we're raised with a lot of shoulds, we not only internalize sometimes that voice, but it becomes our own autonomic pattern of overriding our process. Absolutely. You, you know, I, I can't help but think that in this state of conservation, we're there for a reason, right? Our body went there for a reason and are telling it, we're telling our nervous system, okay, time's up. Yeah. That we're not ready. And and to accept that, I, I mean, that's, that's a, a process I spent many hours with clients over and again is a body can only heal at a certain pace. And that's absolutely different for every individual. And it seems the same is true with our nervous system that when it's ready to come out of dorsal and we've noticed and named the state, it, it will ease itself out. Would you agree I think, I think the often in my experience, the anecdote to that should energy is the self-acceptance energy, which is much easier said than done. And I don't really mean acceptance in a way that's powerless or we're defeated or nothing can change. But in my personal experience, uh, giving ourselves permission to be where we are, which in this situation we could call acceptance, often actually acts as a key to unlock the door to change instead of inhibiting it. And I think often we think about that in the other way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we're back to that wonderful image of the turtle. And you don't yell at a turtle. You don't knock on its <laughs> shell. You don't say, you should get back out here. Life is passing you by, whatever. <laughs> and it is those cues of safety. And often I find resourcing um, lists include very much as we pass through that initial, I think it might say, which is a felt sense, be safe to come out and then begin to come out and need more cues. It's often not a conversation with another person at all. It is the sense of touch. It is the person I was referring to earlier, just found that 
holding his hands over his his heart and his abdomen and then crossing his hands over his heart gave some of those really physiologic cues, strong cues, but no language that really had his system have those invitations for safety. And then allowing this, sure, Jimmy, you hear that. There, there's implied shame. There is implied threat. There is also, you know, judgment. If we're feeling those shoulds, we're definitely not experiencing cues of, of safety and invitations to regulate. Those are all, you know, cues of, of danger or threat. Which from listening to you, Cameron, we can be our own danger and threat, right? Just from our internal tapes. Exactly, exactly what Megan was, was pointing out. Yeah, yeah. Well, ladies, I thank you so much for helping me address today's question and our listener in Romania. I hope you're able to um, hear the answer you're looking for and that your autonomic nervous system needs. Um, if you are listening in and have a question, we'd love to hear from you. Please send your questions directly to lauren at laurenhuvelet.com, subject line, podcast question. Thanks again. Thank you.